so Doug, do you like do you like Friday? Do I like Friday? Just the just the day, uh, as in the day of the week. Uh, uh, I guess. I mean, it's. I get pretty excited about the weekend coming up. Do you do you like to have fun, fun, fun? Um, I mean, yeah, it's Friday. It's it's pretty it's a pretty great day in general. It's Friday. Well, then I think I think we have a video for you, Doug, and and today uh, we should mention we're recording this on Monday, March fourteenth, and. I always am interested when videos, music videos, kind of become little viral hits on Twitter. Um, a few weeks ago, we had uh, that with the new Britney Spears video, kind of the same day as the new Radiohead video. And today, March 14th, we also had a video climbing up the, sort of climbing up the social conscience of everybody for another reason, because it was it was an odd video and an awful video uh it's called friday by Re rebecca black and let me just play you a few seconds of this oh yeah so if you haven't seen it you gotta you have to go out and see it because people can make people make awful videos all the time but rarely does an awful video come across our paths that is this just ridiculously epic and it's I, there's a few things that really defy explanation such as this woman rebecca black's inability to or just this constant questioning of where she's going to sit in the car um, is she going to sit in the back seat? Is she going to sit in the front seat? This is something that comes up over and over in the video. Well, I, I, I guess I got to ask you what you think, uh, because there's plenty of, you know, awful singers, you know, little girls who sing with, you know, with no talent, with crazy overproduced videos by directors with, you know, with the same lack of talent. And, uh, you know, they're all over YouTube. So I, I what makes what what makes this particular one so special? Well, I'm glad you asked that because I think there's a formula to this sort of thing. Because <clears throat> if you, uh, I don't know if you remember a video called Video Games by a band called Blackout Band. Mm -hmm, I do. And that also kind of attracted the same sort of, uh, you know, mocking and borderline disgust of the music of people who watch music videos and the reasons were a few that kind of share between the uh you know this video or the blackout band video games video and the rebecca black um friday video and one of them is the sort of phantom appearance of parents with money behind it uh they're not just sort of kids out there making a music video because they are so feel you know the creative urge and they do it with just whatever resources they have around usually it's a very sort of high production high gloss video and there's really objectively looking at it there's no way that music sales or any sort of record label interest would actually sort of power that or make this video exist so you're blaming the parents i'm yeah i'm blaming the parents 
Oh, because me. like of course little kids like their parents like no you are you are talented Rebecca you, you no seriously I wrote these lyrics just re- memorize them and just get in the back seat is that basically how you see this whole thing playing out and of course it's like Rebecca this child is she's just like of course my parents think I'm talented look at this whole video crew um it was clearly expensive and uh so they must be telling me the truth yes and it turns out that the company behind this known as arc music factory is sort of notorious for doing this it doubles as rebecca's pta just (laughs) at her school they make these awful videos and i'm kind of debating of whether to allow them on filmed insert but they're 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 technically music videos. They're songs and they're produced music videos. So one of them is called uh, "Can't Get You Out of My Mind" by Kaya. It gets K A Y A, um, and they're all sort of young girls. I think they attract uh, girls between um, specifically, explicitly between the ages of thirteen and seventeen to go to Los Angeles, and record these songs and these videos. And I think, unfortunately, poor Rebecca is gonna have this. Uh, gonna have this following her around for for quite a while she yeah uh i mean she is a viral sensation she's a viral sensation yeah i mean it's but it's probably probably only like probably only like 25 or 30 kids from her high school are viral (laughs) sensations so the thing is it's different than like a chocolate rain kind of thing because they're the guy's kind of under his own power and you and he also i think that the chocolate rain guy is um is in on the joke a little bit uh, i don't know have you seen tazon day and some of his tv appearances he seems oddly yeah. really into what he's doing no but here's what i think happened i think that he thinks that it's funny but he thinks that it's funny for different reasons right he thinks that it's like smart funny um and everyone else thinks it's ridiculous funny but you do notice uh to get back to these other videos you do i i do notice a trend from the ones that are popular mm-hmm from this sect of, you know, ridiculously overproduced lack of talent child music videos. Um, because, you know, like, as, as bad as uh, Miley Cyrus-type music is, you know, the production value is not only high, but it's quality. And, like, their, their music videos are well-produced. Their, their, their right. music, the background music and stuff is, like, Timbaland and, like, you know, and, and established you know, music producers, it's not, you know, Jesse. <laughs> like, like, it's not like just a dude, you know, in garage band, like, like pulling loops and having her sing about, you know, having a little kid sing about Saturday. But the, the two, the two things that you always get with the popular videos, like the, of this variety are lyrics that are, uh, clearly written by by adults, like Miley Cyrus, her lyrics use slang and stuff like that, but it's accurate. Like the the slang and stuff that you find in in these fake videos, these cheesy ones, is like slang that adults think kids use. Right. And you know, and then the other thing you get is just complete dedication from the kid performer in in and belief in the character and. Uh, and I think that you, if you get those two things together, mixed with overproduction, divided by talent, you have the makings for a three million view video. Can we get that in a formula? 
I think that that yeah, I think that that formula exists and it's being like uh, a mathematical formula. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It doesn't like in the beginning what... of the social network where they write it in the window. Yeah, isn't that code though? No, that's that's an algorithm. Isn't that an algorithm though? Yesterday was Thursday. Birthday today is Friday. Friday, we 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 so excited. We so excited. We gonna have a ball today. Tomorrow is. So, Adam, do you know what I like? Mm, no, uh, I was gonna guess, but I'm just gonna say no. Uh, I like um, music videos. Uh, with a that with a narr- narrative structure, me too. I like those too. Like uh, music videos that have a story. I like stories. Uh, you know, I, I also like the music videos that don't have a story. But you know, I really like music videos that like that just have, just like have a have a narrative story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. How do you how do you feel about you feel the same way, right? Is that what you're saying to me? I'm I'm saying that yeah, I I do enjoy I do enjoy videos with a narrative story. And uh, redundancy aside, uh, there are I would say few directors that 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 do music videos with a narrative story better um, than one Ryan Ryan McNeil. True. And that's very convenient because that also happens to be the man who we're interviewing on the podcast this week. Oh, you're kidding. So are you, do you mean that aside from our in-depth discussion about narrative, narrative story music videos that we have on our, on our podcast, um, one, of the, one of the best? That's true. And you may know his work from uh, two videos for Grum. Uh, through the night and uh, savvy savvy listeners will realize that actually grum through the night was my week two pick of the week look at how these things happen i pick someone on pick of the week they end up on our show uh i need to start picking some awesome people for pick of the week and maybe they'll end up on our show that's the way it's been working so far and it's been Grum, uh, 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 Can't Shake This Feeling, uh, Grum Through the Night. He's also done video, a video for the Fruit Bats called The Ruminant Band um, for Debate Team, songs called My Expertise, The Radar Brothers, Brother Rabbit, and for Jason Little, uh, songs called I Am Lost. And they're all on the site. Just search for Ryan McNeil. That's two L's. So I'm looking up his name here. Two L's in Ryan. Yes. No. Two L's in McNeil. Ah. Come on, come on, y'all. Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, I'm Ryan McNeil. I am uh, a director of music videos. Um, I have, in the past, directed with a group called the General Assembly. We, uh, let's see, we've done some videos for, I guess we'll get into that later, but for Grum, uh, the Fruit Bats, Jason Lytle of Granddaddy, to name a few. Um, yeah, is that, a, is that a good setup? That is, that is definitely a good setup. And in terms of 
you know, Doug and I have been watching music videos. We got them all on the site. You know, we, we love your style. We love the videos. And one of the things we really like about them is they're, you know, more than a lot of other videos we've seen, they have a really narrative style to them. They're almost like little short films. Is that something that, you know, you consider part of your style or just thing you, you go for? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, we intentionally went with the more narrative-based music videos just because, I don't know, you don't see as many of those these days for whatever reason. I think uh, there was a time when there were no more narrative music videos being made, but uh, I think a lot of people have moved away from that style in favor of you know, cool graphics and all that, and I do like that stuff, but I think... Uh, with our directing team, we've always, we always, yeah, like the, the narrative style. It's also sort of almost like our, our way of being short filmmakers without actually making short films, it's sort of their, their own kind of complete storylines all into a nice little music video package. Now you mentioned you had made things with the general assembly. Are you guys, are you guys still together? Uh, I actually split from the general assembly um about a year ago i guess we're still really good friends but uh yeah and then so the general assembly was three of us it was me and then two guys named adam so the adams are still working together and then i left to work on my own projects independently it was totally amicable we still are good friends uh they're doing cool stuff i'm hopefully going to do cool stuff without them <laughs> but yeah it's all it's just kind of an inevitable thing with a lot of directing teams you see out here people starting off together and then kind of moseying off on their own um so, so as a team do you guys just kind of share the responsibilities did you guys get together and just kind of throw ideas out there or was there you know certain roles that you took on in every video um but kind of like i that. think the way we divided up responsibilities was um, for any given project, there would be sort of a point man on the project, spearheading that one. And then, you know, during the writing process, the other guys would just sort of, you know, help in any way they could. There weren't clearly defined roles during that process. And then on set, um, yeah, it's just kind of a free-for-all. It, you know, the reason I think that it worked well, even though three people is kind of people would think it would be super chaotic getting direction from three people, we would almost like each direct the video like as we saw it in our heads. So, you know, we would shoot the scene maybe my way and then we would go back and do the same scene again from one of the other guys' perspective. So it's kind of cool. At the end of your shoot, you have some like pretty drastically different takes on the video. And then in the post process, you just kind of get to sit down and be like, this worked better. This, you know, I like your idea on this. I think my version of that looked better. So yeah, it's, it's a weird melding of different directing styles that kind of all fit into one video. Did you guys always agree on, on what was the, the best uh, angle after the fact? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess uh, there, there were never any knockdown, drag-out moments. I don't know. We're all passive-aggressive enough that we can just kind of quietly, you know, disagree with the other people <laughs> and, and just kind of hate them for their choices. 
Uh, <laughs> no, I, it, I don't know. It never really got weird in the post process. Uh, I think partially because we had, we've always had a really strong editor who's very opinionated too. So it's, it's kind of like when you have that many people in a room who are calling the shots, somehow, I don't know, you just have to leave your ego at the door, I guess. Uh, but yeah, we always found a way. So there's a lot of like reoccurring themes in a lot of the videos, like most of them, um, they all seem, seem to take place not in this era, like, you know, either the eighties or, you know, sometime around there. Um, is that, is it, are those themes where they all agreed on by the group and it's something that you all shared as an interest and in kind of wanting to work in that area or does that came, come from one or the other of you or? Uh, you know, I think it's uh, definitely a shared interest that we have with, with sort of poor technology, for one thing. Um, just kind of love the look of how that old stuff kind of came off. And I know there's a lot of people who are replicating the kind of 80s thing and doing it really well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know why we were so drawn to, to that specific thing. Like, I was such a raised on 1980s, like, cable and, like, bad Oklahoma television. Um, <laughs> and shows like, I don't know, you know, Tim and Eric do, like, a great job of, of sort of mocking that local TV kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, there's something about that aesthetic that's just sort of magical in its own awful way. Um, and then, you know, you run into the thing, too, that you've done one sort of period piece, and then you, whether you like it or not, that becomes sort of your thing. And so when people are looking for music videos down the road, they're like, oh, well, here's a group that can do old-looking videos. <laughs> so that's not necessarily a bad thing to have fallen into. But uh, it definitely did become our thing, I guess. Well, looking at the, you know, the, your catalog, you know, there's a lot of variety, you know, in the subject matter, definitely, and, and also in the sort of the pacing and the content of the videos. I thought it may be good to get into a few of them directly. I think one of the ones that people, um, you know, maybe one of the more popular ones that you guys have, uh, that you put out is the Grum Through the Night video. So I was wondering if you could kind of, Describe that video for us and describe where that came from. Uh, sure, yeah. So um, working with Grum came about in kind of a weird roundabout way. Um, I We've never met Grum. I'm sure he's a very nice dude. I think he's Scottish. Um, <laughs> but his label actually reached out to another director named Keith Schofield, who's a friend of mine. Um just because Keith does awesome videos and they wanted one of his kind of uh, quirky, funny, viral-esque videos. Um, but at the time, Keith, I think, was working on uh, maybe the Beck Charlotte Gainsbourg video. Anyway, he was in the middle of something major for a lot more, a lot larger budget. And he had to, uh, he had to pass on the project. But he passed them along to me um, and the team. So... That was actually the story with how we first met Grum on the prior video, uh, Can't Shake That Feeling. So Through the Night was our second video that we had done for Grum. Um, I guess they liked the quirkiness and weirdness of the first one enough that they gave us a second sh shot at doing a video for, 
for the guy. So so the so the food the food porn video comes comes that prior. Was, yes, that was so that's first. that's a that's actually pretty awesome that that one comes first. So it's like you're not already comfortable with the van. That's what you're you're leading with. I'm actually really <laughs> really pleased with that revelation. Not to cut you off. Yeah, no. Um, and the whole brief on that first video, there was really not one. It was, we want something that's fun, funny, viral, were the three words. <laughs> and sometimes it's really difficult when people just ask for something that's funny and viral because it's just like, I don't know, what can you do that's viral? If anyone had you know, the, the secret formula, we'd all be making viral videos. But um, Cats. I don't know. That was Cats. a weird interpretation of what something viral could be. Uh, and it's gotten some plays on YouTube, so <sighs> you know, it's no so Charlie we'll, bit we'll, my finger. We'll we'll go. We'll uh, it's no Charlie bit my finger. We'll go. Uh, we'll go chronologically then, and and uh, if if you can first tell us then, uh, like how does how do you come up with an idea like like the can't shake that feeling video? Because um, there's no way that that all comes up at once. That you're gonna have, right. you know, that you know, it's gotta come in in waves. So, to, uh, why don't you talk about that one first, since it came first chronologically? Uh, yeah, with that video, man, there was a lot, a lot of rejected ideas. Some actually really funny ideas that didn't get used on that video. That maybe I shouldn't share, just in case people listen and want to steal the ideas. But <laughs> that. That, um, I think we had kind of toyed around with the idea of competitive eating and there's something funny about competitive eating by itself. And then in order to make something viral, I think all you have to do is put girls in bathing suits, I think is what we decided, um, or kind of skimpy American apparel attire. Uh, so that... That part of the video kind of like seemed to write itself in a weird way. Um, but then it didn't seem weird enough, sort of. Like, I think for us, it's always like, well, if we can come up with something that sounds like it's going to hook viewers visually, like, and, and just that tagline, like, hot girls competitive eating, people, you just tell people that, and they're like, oh, I got to see that video. But that didn't seem like it had enough sort of legs to last for the entire video. And that's where the whole uh, sort of subplot came in with uh, the George T. Scott-esque character <laughs> who uh, plays plays the, the father of, of one of these young girls. I don't know how that idea came about. It's... Uh, uh, I'm trying to even... I'm blanking on the name of the movie that was was based off of. We uh, where is it here? Yeah, there's a George C. Scott movie from. Sorry, give me just a moment, and I'll I'll tell you. No, we're looking stuff oh. up all the time. Oh, I'm here. sorry. <laughs> Hardcore. Hardcore is the name of the movie that that was based off of. I feel like it's like a, a movie that I've seen in like at, in film school or something like that. It's uh, yeah. I feel, I feel like that was like a like a father seeing his daughter in a in a porn. Uh, yeah. Something I've seen. It might have been. In, it might have just been in a porn, and I might have seen yeah. that. It was just one of those <laughs> porns that's awesome. And I yeah. just. Eh. 
The story of, yeah, hardcore, I think you kind of nailed it there. It's like a runaway girl found, finds herself in, in the porn industry. And then George C. Scott plays the father who goes off looking. And we really, like, reference that movie pretty heavily. Um, even kind of stole a few shots pretty directly from that. Um, Sweet. But, you know, it's a good, obscure enough reference that we're not going to get a lot of uh, people spitting venom at us online for stealing some shots from hardcore. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe now, maybe though, now that you, yeah, maybe revealed. now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we did that one first and didn't know how the label would like it, but I guess they did and came back for a second time for, um, the other Grum song we did. Oh, through, through the, the night. Thank through you. The night. Sorry, Grum. Yeah, so they came back with Through the Night. And uh, originally there, like, they kind of had an idea of sort of a Top Gun-esque kind of 80s thing. I think they they said something about Chips, maybe, um, the TV series. But it really was not a really fully developed idea, just sort of we want to do something... 80s with this because the song obviously sounds very 80s um and yeah just kind of bouncing ideas back and forth kind of locked into that um the guys being so extremely heterosexual that they cross over <laughs> into being extremely gay with each other um no yeah i don't know it uh, we we got these two guys who are improv comedians who we've worked with in the past we knew they would probably play off one another well um and yeah i think they did we're really happy at the end of the day now i read that you, you had shot this in in two days is that is that right yeah yeah it was like a crazy number of locations but we shot it in two days the bulk of it was shot at like a uh it was like a closed down boys home for like troubled youth that was somewhere south of Los Angeles. Um, and that location was amazing. It was like tons of acres of just weird buildings. Like the, the school gymnasium was there, like the weird locker room scene, um, the stuff at like the police station. Uh, is And it sort of provided its own art department too because they had – when the boys' school closed down, they sort of left a lot of the stuff behind. So, how'd you guys it, get in uh, there and get it get access to that? Uh, you know that that was actually one of the awesome things we learned on that shoot is there are a lot of in Los Angeles a lot of state-owned facilities that you can shoot at for pretty cheap. I can't remember how much that location costs for the day, but. It was incredibly inexpensive for how enormous and how many looks it gave. It, I, I want to say it was something like $500 for the day. Um, but, yeah, it gave us, like, 80% of the video. Just there were so many different buildings and looks inside there. Um, wow. Yeah. We thought that video was, like, going to be – it was It was definitely a Jeopardy day one, probably, like, three hours in. Uh Eric, the shorter dude in the video, we were doing a scene that made the cut where they're like wrestling over a basketball. Oh um, man, that's my gymnasium. favorite part. 
Yeah, so we're shooting that scene, and one one of the atoms yelled out something about climb, just climb on top of him, and at, the larger guy climbed on top of the smaller guy, and I think there was an audible pop where you could hear the guy's ribs like snapping, uh-huh. like he full on like broke a rib on the first day of shooting, like three hours into the shoot. Oh my god. And, uh, so I always notice this when I watch that video, but if you go back and like some of the dance scenes, he's really kind of dancing pretty gingerly because he's just like in excruciating pain for the next two days of that shoot. Oh, that's uh, great. Um, great commitment from him. That, that, uh, that basketball scene. Is <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, we wanted to also cover some, you know, some of the other videos in your catalog. Wait, wait, before, before oh, we wait, do, hold on. Yeah, go let ahead, me, Doug. let me do this. Let me ask about this. Um, cause he's in, he's in the through the night video. There's a guy that's, he's the, uh, he's a nurse in the through the night video. And uh-huh. he's also, he's also the, um, referee in the debate team video uh and he's uh he's in another one too and i can't remember and i just want to i just have to know who that guy is yeah i i'm really excited that you're the first person to ever ask about who that is because yeah he he absolutely is like our one recurring actor that we've probably used in more projects than anything else uh he's that the dude's best. Name, his name is uh, jeff average um, I thought for a long time his name was Jeff Average, and I thought that was the coolest name ever, uh, but it's actually Average. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can't remember how we met the guy, but he he's super nice guy. Um, we're actually working all with him on a, on a separate project right now uh, that's a TV series that he has put together called uh, Zen Detectives. Uh, but what? anyway, no, yeah. you could you could talk more about that if you want. <laughs> um, Zen no, Detectives is um, man, I I don't know what to say about it. I I I feel like I shouldn't say too much because no, you don't have to give like, anything away. But thing. that sounds awesome. At this point in time, we're basically we're gonna use Kickstarter to try to help Jeff raise the money to he wants to shoot a trailer for the thing uh or the title sequence i guess actually so yeah we're gonna try to shoot that for him but it's a charlie's angels-esque story with uh all of the the angel type girls having weird sort of spiritual powers that they tap into um it's a pretty out there storyline that we're very excited to be helping jeff shoot the project is he in it uh, yeah, he plays himself. Oh, <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. So look for Jeff in our videos. He's the the older gentleman with the really sweet hair. Um, but yeah, he's he's been there since day one. I think it was actually these videos, being in these videos sort of sparked this, uh, this newfound need to be more creative and, and make TV and stuff. So Deserve, we're, we're happy. deservingly. So I yeah. think he deserves it. Yeah. I I th- so. I, what is he? The pallbearer, the pallbearer, maybe in one of the, one of the, in the, uh, in the, uh, in the fruit bats video too, or yeah, something. He's in the fruit bats video. He's also in the Jason Lytle video. He just sits in a booth um, um, and with beautiful golden hair. 
Uh, yeah, he's in almost every single video now that I think about it. <laughs> he looks exactly the same too. Like he, he does. Like, yeah, same haircut, it, it, same mu- mustache. And like I would say, ninety percent of the time, we don't have to do anything to his wardrobe. He just shows up looking like perfect, camera ready, <laughs> and we just, you know, sit down and do his part. Uh, yeah. I mean, I remember the debate team video where he plays a referee. There was, there was not a touch of wardrobe that went into anything with the guy. He just showed up, and we just threw him in there. He's great the like that. You hit the jackpot with him. Now, uh, you've worked on, you know, in your, in your, on your bio on the Moore website, it mentions you've worked in, you know, documentary TV, which is kind of, which is a background we haven't come across yet for, for music video directors. I think it comes across definitely in the the Radar Brothers Brother Rabbit video, and that it seems to have a much more kind of a different style than some of your other videos. It seems like it's shot on film with some much more contemplative video. I was wondering if right. you, could, you, you could you could give us a little bit of insight on you know where that comes from, and if that does it have anything to do with you know your background in doing these TV documentaries? I know it mentions um, you know you were on you know you were shooting in you know West Texas oil fields, which is you know the area where the video takes place. Uh, yeah, I uh, I personally have I've done a lot of this. It was a weird world that I didn't expect to fall into, but I somehow found myself doing this sort of docu-reality TV. First, it was Deadliest Catch on the Discovery Channel. Um, I was a cameraman on that show for a couple years. And then went on to... There's another show called Black Gold that sort of tried to replicate, you know, the Deadliest Catch danger, but in an oil field setting, which didn't really work quite as well. Um, But still, it was a really cool place to get to spend a few months out in West Texas working with these, like, I don't know, people in both those industries are absolutely crazy. They're like, you know, just the hardest living dudes you could imagine. Um, but yeah, the brother rabbit thing I think was a combination of having worked on that show and then also having grown up in a super small town in Oklahoma um, actually another one of the Adams in the general assembly, Adam Litke, he is also from the same small town that I'm from of Hilton, Oklahoma. And, uh, it's basically just an oil town. That's like, you'll just find like oil and cattle there and like a Sonic and a pizza hut. That's all we have. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we for the longest time we wanted to go back and shoot something in Oklahoma, uh, and I think we like that project was one of those ones where we definitely reached out to the Radar Brothers. We've liked them for a long time, and we were that was kind of an early video for us where we're still kind of building the reel and. I guess the advantage there is that you can kind of pick the subject matter and pick which bands you think are going to be the right band for the visual that you want to show. Um, and yeah, when we reached out to the Radar Brothers, they they gave us a couple of possible that we could use, that being one of them. And it just seemed to fit pretty perfectly with this idea that we'd had for shooting 
out in the oil field and doing kind of a day in the life of an oil field roughneck. Um, and I, I remember as far as that being like a different style, I, it is kind of a, a humbling experience, I guess, whenever you go from doing really sort of quirky, funny videos that you are no, you know, they're going to be pretty universally accepted. People are going to find something funny in them, hopefully, versus doing a very like serious, dramatic video. It's sort of, I don't know, it's like harder to show your friends for the first time after you've done one of those kinds of videos because you don't know how people are going to respond. But fortunately, people seem to like that. Did the Radar Brothers like it? Yeah, the Radar Brothers loved it. It was uh, actually, we sent it to them and then didn't really hear anything for a long time. And then I I just like, there's a a place, a club out here called Spaceland. And I I just recognized the singer from the Radar Brothers at Spaceland. I was like, oh, that's, that's Jim Putnam. We have to go talk to him. So, and it was at that point. He went on and on about how much he loved the video. I think he was drunk at the time, though, so <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure he's seen the video. And I think he liked it, and it wasn't just the alcohol talking, but... Still counts. Who knows? Yeah, it totally still counts. It still counts. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I was glad we did that project, because that opened the door for the Jason Lytle video, I think was the next up for us. Um, and Jason Lytle happened to be friends with the guys from the Radar Brothers, so it, it works nicely like that. You do a video for a band you like, and it opens up more doors for bands you also like. Now, how did how did that chain lead you to the Fruit Bats? Um, you know, I think, oddly, they're all somehow tied in those indie folk rockers. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the, the Fruit Bats video is actually another one that we sort of cold-called them. It wasn't like a music video brief went out. Um, it was, we knew that the Radar Brothers, I'm sorry, the Fruit Bats had a new album out. So I think... Uh, yeah, we just got on their website, and we're like, let's see if they need a video. And that, that actually worked out great, because the singer said in all of the countless numbers of times that people have just, you know, blindly sent him something, uh, he has never, like, seen any work that he ever, like, wanted to, you know, pursue with with any of these people, but our, you know, our contacting him out of the blue actually turned into a video with a budget, which, you know, I think we were really fortunate that uh, it worked out that way. But so sometimes it works. Sometimes you reach out to bands and they like what you have to to sell and they go to their label and get you some money. And that was one of those cases. Nice. And so you said that that video had a a large budget because it's such an... I want to you just describe a little bit of what the the video is and kind of the the concept behind it because it's a hard one to describe. Uh, I don't know if it had I I definitely didn't say it had a large budget. Oh. It wasn't a large budget <laughs> by any means. I I've yet to work on a video that I would describe as having a large budget. Um, no Michael Bay style stuff with yet. That video 
What's that? No Michael Bay, you know, like Bad Out of Hell kind of videos yet? Not yet. I'm waiting. <laughs> I got so close recently. I don't know if I should talk about it or not. Oh, you definitely I should. Got like, I okay, say you should. I'll talk about that in a minute. It, <laughs> it was like my life-affirming moment that didn't happen. Um, anyway, the Fruit Bats video, though, was uh, we kind of want to do this like Viking funeral idea. Um, also another, another theme that we wanted to play off of being kids from the mid South Oklahoma was not technically the South cause we were neutral in the civil war, but you know, I don't know what, what it's considered Oklahoma, Texas, the other Adams from Texas. So we're in the Bible belt, right? We want to do a video that has something to do with that sort of look, the sort of like evangelical Christian setting, um, faith healing, whatever. So, which, by the way, I just watched your one of your, your picks, your video picks, uh, the Doug Pound edited video. Kind of a, a similar looking uh, I was, video. I was just thinking that, actually, what, now that you mention it. I, I think it, theirs is a better video, but, uh, yeah, a similar aesthetic. Anyway... So we um, we want to do this video that takes place in a church with maybe like a faith healer, and then it gets really psychedelic. And then, yeah, I it was also one of those weird storyline things where like, well, it'll look like it's a church service with like a potluck dinner, and then eventually you'll figure out that it's a funeral. But it's like, well, that's not enough of like a twist, so it needs to get weirder at the end. So it'll turn into this like Viking funeral where they like – burn his casket at the end. Um, and originally we were going to actually like have them carry the casket out to a body of water and sort of like set it off to be free. Uh, but quickly found that to be prohibitively expensive. As I said, it was not a large budget. So, <laughs> so since we couldn't actually the, truck. the casket. Now, correct me if What's I'm that? wrong. Oh, go ahead. So, so, you just, so you just threw it in the back of the truck and that was, <laughs> yeah. That's the chief alternative is – I don't know if there's been a Viking funeral like that where you just set it on the back of the It fits in though because it fits in with the kind of like the theme that you've set up with like the Bible Belt church. And then, yeah, just throw it in the back of the pickup truck and we'll bring this yeah. flaming casket down the road. I, right. think, it, I think it's very appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> no, correct yeah. me if I'm we wrong. Like uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. Mm. No, that's all I was going to say is – you know, I think uh, if there's any secret formula to our videos, it's like try to make it weird, try to give it a twist, and then try to give it a bigger, weirder twist at the end. Now, you uh, you mentioned uh, the Michael Jackson Superfans documentary. In terms yeah. of other projects, uh, anything – what else have you got going on? Uh, let's see. There's the, the Michael Jackson project, which – it just turned like everything about that turned out too weird to not finish that project. Uh, like every every moment of that day that I was like, it would be really hilarious if this thing happened, but I don't want to like overproduce it, and I don't want to like you know feel like I'm having a heavy hand with these people and making them do these kind of ridiculous things. But all those things just started happening on their own, like. I had the people meet at Michael Jackson's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And before I could try to coax them into doing it, they were all like, 
arm in arm praying to my <laughs> Michael Jackson, like crying and singing We Are the World, just creating like the weirdest sort of scene on Hollywood Boulevard and people just snapping all these photos of these these people. Um, have you found any of the photos online yet or anything like that? Uh, like for- I haven't. I should. <laughs> I mean, there's so much weird stuff that was going on post Michael Jackson's death that it might be hard to specifically isolate these yeah, right. people. But, you, can find a, you can find a thousand pictures that look like that. Yeah, totally. Um, anyway, so there's that project, which I still have high hopes for. Um, at the end of the month, oddly, I am directing a commercial with Ben Stein, which should be fun, kind of unexpected. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. It's not clear, eyes, is it? Ben Stein. It is not a clear eyes campaign. Is it does it no. have Shaq does it have Shaq in it too? Uh it could. I haven't written that part in yet. Oh sweet. But I he like, I like that idea. Um uh Well he did the he did the thing with the com- Comcast with Ben right, Stein. Right? Shaq and Ben Stein. Comcast. Yeah, uh, okay. That, that was my to, I, I I've been meaning to go back and reference yeah, everything you brush, that was not clear eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Should, should I tell my what yes. all this was story? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it makes me look really pathetic because someone actually got this video and, you know, but that's okay. Whatever. You can just tell us and we'll cut it out too. No, I really don't have a huge problem with it. This is actually <laughs> a video for Kesha. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, when you start talking Kesha, that's like, that's like, budget kind of numbers that a a person like myself doesn't get to see very often. So it was like this insane budget that comes through. And uh, I I don't know what the people at the label thought that they were like, Ryan would be perfect for a Kesha video. But I'm glad they did, and I hope they continue to send those kinds of treatments my way, those tracks my way. Uh but this was right before Christmas, so I get this Kesha track, and I'm pretty pumped, thinking, like, this is kind of a long shot for me, because I haven't really done pop videos before. So I write this idea, and, you know, it just seemed like a real shot in the dark. And then I go home, back to Oklahoma for Christmas, where my parents live in pretty, like I said, it's like Pizza Hut and Sonic. It's pretty rural. Um and I'm basically cut off from the world. I My iPhone sometimes gets a bar of reception when I'm there. And uh, so one day I did get that one bar of reception and had like 20 emails come in about like, Ryan, where are you? Kesha needs to talk to you today. Uh, they're like really frantic emails with a lot of exclamation points. And like, so I quickly you know, got into the nearest town. And uh, as it turned out, she was not available to talk that day. And then I was supposed to talk to her like a few days later and that got pushed back. And then it kept on getting pushed back. And eventually they were like, yeah, we've, we've actually totally changed the concept and we're doing something else. Um, But man, it was like for that little glimmer, there was like that brief moment where I was like, man, I'm going to do a Kesha video. Now, 
My no. heart is my heart is broken right now. No, was it yeah. for Blow or was it for We Are Who We Are? Uh, no, it was for Blow. Um, I'm really impressed that my, Adam just, that Adam just got those names off the top of his head. By the way, I, I could I yeah. can name the last two Kesha songs that music videos that came out. It's true. Uh, yeah, didn't uh, Joseph Kahn did the one before, right? And then I think Blow was Chris Polero or. Chris yeah, P. Chris Mars. Uh, I haven't met the guy, but yeah, mm-hmm. Perillo. Something. We'll put we'll put it on the site. Um, uh, I don't think it's it's up there right now, but um, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think I've seen it. It looks like it was a it, definitely a large large budget music videos as are most of her her productions. Yeah. And I think that's one of the like the painful things that I'm sure I'm not the only music video director that does this, I'm sure this is quite commonplace, but that thing where you torture yourself, like when you wrote a treatment that you feel really good about and then you didn't get that video and then you go back and like watch what video did get made for the song. It's always like a really painful moment, but you have to live it just to know, like what should I have written? That is very, (laughs) that's a very sort of singular director moment. I think that's like a rite of passage almost. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's a, such a quick turnaround too with the music video. Unlike um, like a movie, like you didn't get a film. It's like another right. year and a half. It's like six right. days later, and absolutely. Uh, but yeah, if I had gotten the Kesha video, it would have saved me that thing where people are like, "Well, have you done a video for anyone I've ever heard of?" And then I have to kind of go through this. Well, probably not. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Depending on the audience, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm. You probably haven't heard of anyone. But if I had Kesha, I'd be like, you know, that one pop star with a dollar sign in her name. <laughs> well, does the does I mean, I, I was looking at uh, the thing in you know your bio, and it said uh, you know uh, crab boats on the Alaskan Bering Sea, Bering Sea, and I'm like, I can't can't be deadliest catch. And I was like, oh my god, it, it actually is deadliest catch. I mean, that's got to be some major street cred because that's not like a that's not like a you know, shoot with like craft services or anything like that. You guys are out there on that boat like going yeah. nuts. Yeah, I mean, I will say that uh, in in my career, if like I was looking for just high fives. Like I've learned, I've I've already earned like a lifetime of high fives from working on that show. Like, uh, you know, people. I remember like driving into Texas one time, and I don't know. I I think someone at our table mentioned to our waiter that I worked on the show, and I got like free nachos. It was like a really <laughs> weird, like glimpse of what it would be like to be a celebrity. That's not in like a really scaled down way. Like when you work on a show that people know about. Um, yeah, I bet celebrities get free nachos like all the time. All the time. They don't <laughs> even I want them. There are places <laughs> that aren't even a proprietor of nachos, <laughs> and they're just getting nachos. It's really awesome. Make I hear this man some nachos. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, my my father has gotten like way too much traction out of that story too. <laughs> Out of not not the nacho story, but out of just my having worked on Deadliest Catch. Um, now I know it's not music video related, but how long were you were you out there for? Uh, I was there for I worked on it for two seasons, but I was really like shooting camera for one of those. The other time I was back in Burbank, doing boring stuff. Um, 
I was probably up there for six months total. Uh, it was like three months on, you're home for Christmas for like a week, and then you go back up for three more months. That's hardcore. It was it was hardcore. I like I, I don't even try to downplay how hardcore it was. Like I <laughs> I, I try to be all you know. I, I don't like to be a braggart, but that show it's it's awful. It's like a terrible, painful show to work on, and they make you do really scary things as a camera person. <laughs> well, Ryan, uh, I know uh, we've taken up a bunch of your time, so I want to say you know thanks so much for talking to us. This has been awesome. Like I said, we love we love the videos. We love you know you know what you're doing, and uh, thanks a lot for hanging out. Absolutely. gonna cut it right there yeah <laughs> i figured uh well ryan ryan is is a pretty awesome guy i really enjoyed talking to him and i can't believe he worked on deadliest catch i know that's he probably gets this all the time but it's one of those shows that where you'll find fans of it from all walks of life and it's uh and it's one of those things that you watch it and you're like oh these camera guys must be so hardcore and then to and then to run into one is 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 uh is pretty cool He's the fucking hardcoreist, and I think that that hardcore definitely comes across in the videos. Because if you're gonna have, if you're gonna get women to like dump like beans on them, on them, gosh, then you gotta to, you gotta be hardcore. I meant to ask him what that that process was like. Let's get him back on the phone. Okay, and uh, and we'll. we'll yeah, ask we should him. ask him because I was gonna. I was wondering about that because like you. And we're talking yeah. about, if for people that don't know, we're talking about the Grum Can't Shake This Feeling video where these women are in bathing suits and they're just eating this food. And all of it is stuff that you'd want to eat really fast, like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like, who wouldn't want to just stuff those in your face? Yeah, donuts and stuff, yeah. right? Marshmallows. God, why did we cover this stuff? I was completely – Ryan, when you listen to this, please uh, comment, tweet, email, something. Give, give us a – give, give these poor, poor interview website guys – some uh some insight on that because we are shitty and forgot forgot to ask a really awesome question but why like, like but, legitimately legitimately please do this like who like does a woman get like the shortest straw that has to like eat beans does she really love beans if there's oh there's a world of questions but anyway we we got to get those out of our head because we covered a lot of awesome ground with ryan we did great, we just have to appreciate ground. we just have to appreciate it We'll bring him back or something because because I feel like such an asshole that we didn't cover that stuff. Seriously, let's get him back on the phone. Okay. Here to... <laughs> All right, let's no, do, that's let's it. Do, let's do picks of the week. Doug, you, so, have, you have an amazing track record of, of miraculously picking the people who are going to be on the podcast next week, so... Okay. Who, who's your Who's your pick this time? All right. So this is a lot of responsibility. Uh, man. Um, man. Who do I pick to really get him? Try to get, try to get him on the show. Uh, gosh. All right. I'm gonna go with, uh, Manchester Orchestra. Shake it out.
for my pick of the week. Um, and uh, the director is uh, Isaac Rentz. And if we let's see if it works. Let's see if my uh, surf ninja power works. Um, God, I hope somebody picks up on that reference. Um, but uh, yeah, great, great video for pick of the week. Manchester Orchestra, shake it out. Manchester Orchestra is a really awesome band, and uh, the music video is is uh, it it's equally as awesome. It's uh, basically uh, over the top, but um, but a music video. I mean, it's I can't really uh, there's I. There's no like I, anything else I could say to preface it. Uh, it's just gonna take away from its awesomeness. It's just you just gotta watch this video. It's a really awesome video, really awesome song, really awesome director that I'm rolling the dice on, thinking maybe maybe he'll be he'll be on next week. We'll see I, what happens. Isaac, if you're out there, give come on, just just give us a call. Call us on our cell phones. Call us on our beep us on our pagers. Do whatever you got. Get in touch with us, and it's going down next week. Just page us four one one. That's Doug's line. What? That's yeah. Doug's line. Yeah, pages. <laughs> Come on. Come so on. last week I picked something that was a little more whimsical. It was uh, the BPA and David Burns' uh, song "Toe Jam" with a lot of uh, scantily clad women, and today I'm going. A- with a different type of video and i think one that's really difficult to do or some an emotion that's really difficult to get across in a video and that's sort of sentimentality um and i think when a lot of videos try to do that they have a hard time it's really hard to get across and i think one that video that really does it's really kind of an emotional video is the video for bright eyes first day in my life um and it, it takes a concept that's been done before in music videos and kind of switches it around. If you've ever seen the concept of um, uh, the, some, you know, going around and playing the song to people in, head, in headphones, um, for instance, uh, the Cakes short skirt long jacket video is just that, them going around and playing the song for people and them reacting to it. But this time, it, you know, if you don't know the song First in My Life, it's kind of a, it's a sort of, sort of a soft love song. And what they did was they basically sat different people down on a couch and um, and filmed them with headphones on listening to the song. And it's really a, a beautifully, beautifully done done video. And I know we talk about a lot of videos that are sort of quirky and and uh, and and funny, but this is a video that really gets emotion that gets emotional. Um, and does it in a really sort of poignant way. So you got to watch it. There's there's a lot of sort of different surprises. Um, it kind of plays with the lyrics of the song a little bit. And the director is uh, John Cameron Mitchell, um, who's a who's a fantastic director and uh, and did this awesome video. So it's Bright Eyes' first day of my life, and it's on the site. And I won another week's pick of the week. My video wins again. It's an awesome video, 
What a fucking Manchester Orchestra in this bitch, right? Come on. You know what, you, viewers or listeners? The viewers too. The, yeah, the viewers too. Whatever. If you're outside my apartment watching me record this, just just go on our Facebook page. Um, and I got to make sure that's all set up right because Facebook did something weird to it. Go to our Facebook page, talk about which pick of this week won. Was it Bright Eyes' first day of my life or? Manchester Orchestra, shake it out. Says the guy who's like, oh, Facebook updates their fan page. It sounded weird. That's my impression of Adam. I do a really bad impression. <laughs> 